0: It's timely, it's insightful, it's motivating, it's empowering. It's Time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy.
1: Hello and thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets. That hold us back. And speaking of paradigms and mindsets, I have with me a very special guest who joins me via Zoom from... Gainesville, Florida. She's a fitness instructor, TV personality. She's an author. She has a master's degree in sports medicine. She's a corporate spokesperson. She's a speaker. She's a race announcer. She's been featured on a number of media outlets. Behind all that, though, is that she has a very powerful story uh, that she's going to be sharing with us. And with that, I want to introduce Fitz to the Time with Fred podcast. Fitz, thank you for coming on the podcast today.
0: Well, thank you for letting me spend time with Fred. What a great opportunity, right?
1: Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. And it's Fitz Colour, by the way. I want to make sure I, I say the last name. But Fitz, it's I often say it as that, you know, I get a chance or have the privilege of getting to meet a lot of great people, including yourself with fantastic resumes and backgrounds and just very impressive things that I've done, but most often behind all of that is a powerful story and you're no exception. Can you take us back to 2019 and, and share a little bit about um, what you had to go through?
0: Yeah. So 2019 live in my best life, perfect family, um, incredible career traveling the country at least 30 plus weekends out of the year to do race announcing. So I host, Some of the largest, most iconic running events on earth, the Los Angeles Marathon, Big Sur Marathon, Buffalo Marathon, you name it. I am the voice. I'm the big, noisy ringleader of the fun at the start and finish line. Um, Also traveling for corporate keynote presentations, spokesperson work, um, running races, just being athletic and fit and healthy and happy. And so uh, I was at a race weekend in late February 2019, got out of the shower Rubbed my under boob and I found a lump. It was a, uh, it was a cancerous Mm -hmm. tumor. And uh, that was seven weeks after a crystal clear mammogram. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing there. There in December, it was a clean, clean mammogram and uh, nothing was missed. There just wasn't anything there. And I found this lump and I instantly instantly on the on the bathroom counter was my phone i picked it up and i called the doctor and i said i found a lump in my breast and she said come on in and so after the race i went in and within about a week or so i had had all the scans and the biopsies and i was told uh Fitz-Cole, are you have breast cancer and it's really aggressive it's already spread to your lymph nodes to several of your lymph nodes and um it's, it's going like wildfire so we need to nip this thing in the bud so
1: Not that rapidly
0: Yeah. 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 It was scary. I was definitely, I was convinced I was going to die. I just thought, well, this is it. This thing is, is so aggressive. And I also thought, well, I have the perfect family and the perfect career. I'm going to make the perfect tale of tragedy. So um, it was, it was definitely um, very scary for a while. I mean, the whole time it was scary, but my doctor within, within, a couple of weeks was able to tell me hey listen we have a cure for you you're just gonna have to endure it
1: you're 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 very active you're you're all the fitness stuff and seven weeks ago life was great and then all of a sudden you get handed this this bill right as i'd like to call it how, how do you how do you process something like that
0: um you know what i never had a why me moment i never ever once had a second of why me never when- felt like it was um, meant to be, or it was on purpose or whatever. When I look at babies being diagnosed with cancer and that, I feel like that's probably pretty random. I felt like I just had a cell go rogue. And so it was my turn. You look around, cancer is semi rampant. It's everywhere in all forms. And, um, you know, I used perspective. Perspective became my uh, my sidekick the whole time. You know, it always has been. In fact, before I was diagnosed, I used to say, ah, it's not cancer. And so no matter what went awry in my life, whether it was professionally or personal relationships, I would say, man, it's not cancer, no big whoop. And then, um, all of a sudden it was cancer. And so while I did cry and I was stressed, uh, I didn't pretend it was the sky was falling. And, um, i just decided well i'm not a kid with cancer and more importantly it's not my kid with cancer you know if there was going to be anyone within the four walls of my home that was going to have cancer thank goodness it was me so i just chose to have perspective and be grateful i was a grown-up going through a curable type of cancer and i was going to put on my big girl panties and figure it out
1: hmm. what well, you said you didn't have a why me moment and, and that's you know for, for for something as drastic as, as that i mean It it would be justifiable, right, for you to have a why me moment because seven weeks prior, life was great, you know, everything's well. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, something. Why why did you choose not to have a why me moment?
0: Um, I think I think that part of me is broken. I just am not capable of having pity parties. And I mean, why not? Why anybody? I mean, obviously, there's some cancers that are um, spurred on by smoking, for example, or lifestyle poor lifestyle habits. And clearly I have really good lifestyle habits. I'm a vegetarian. I walk the walk. Um, but yeah, why not me? Why not me? Uh, there's a, cancer can strike anyone at any time. And, um, really I'm so glad that I don't have like ALS, you know, yeah. I love physical activity, something that would steal my motion. That would be, uh, devastating. So yeah, why not me, Fred? Why not? Thank goodness. I, I had breast cancer and I, I found it and I reported it and, um We treated it aggressively. I'm so lucky.
1: Yeah, and and that's a very powerful, uh, powerful perspective. It's and you, you you mentioned you know having that that per, why is perspective important or why is having the right perspective, let me put it that way, important in in a situation like this? Say,
0: well, it can make and break every single day of your life. And so I always think about the Debbie Downers and the Danny Downers who show up at the office. And they always have a complaint. And, uh, you know, I, for example, when I'm in a traffic jam and I'm, I don't care if it's three hour traffic jam, I can never feel pity from, oh, I'm in a traffic jam. My, my life is so hard because all I can think is how grateful I am not to be in the horrific accident up ahead that caused the traffic jam. So if this is the worst thing that's going to happen to me, great stuck in my car, listening to podcasts. So, um, I just, I don't, I don't find any, reward to pity parties i don't find any reward to worry now again i'm human so i definitely had stress and i had fear and i cried um but i didn't bask in it i didn't dwell on it you know i would get the tears out and then i would look to something to either distract me or entertain me or i would seek out joy sometimes you have to do that and so whether it's cancer or just life in general. It's amazing how many people get on social media. Pray for me. I sprained my ankle. Really? You're going to eat up all the prayers um, on your ankle? Pray for me. I'm having a bad day at the office. Okay. And why does everybody need to know that? I mean, we're all entitled to a bad day. Get over it. Figure it out. We're adults, right? So I don't know. I guess maybe I just don't admire it. So it's it's an unlearned behavior. I've seen too many people spread misery with their um just bemoaning everything that i've just i've chosen to be a different person
1: yeah you, you, you use the word chosen right it's which tells wow. me that that, that it's, a, it's a choice right how does one i mean someone would say well it's maybe you're just born that way you just created that way you just have it right that positivity i'm not it's just hard wow. how, how does one make that choice in in in, in the face of, of 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 the odds right and And i want to say this because i i love this this fits right into the theme of this podcast we're challenging some of those products we're challenging those mindsets that hold and keep people back right so how does one make that decision to choose to be positive in the midst of all the negativity and the mess that that life throws at them
0: so probably a lifetime of decisions and so um, lucky me i was born with a naturally cheery disposition you know i i prefer joy over worry i prefer it. And not everybody does. Let's be clear. We know there's people that prefer hardship and um, drama, That's right? True. Drama. Let's yeah. Say. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have my my no drama, drama. No <laughs> drama. So <laughs> so I choose it. Um, but yeah, it's it's watching bad behavior. I remember um, in college there was a girl, beautiful girl, Julia, lived next door to me. She had these ringlet curls, and she was a very fit, very pretty. Uh, she had everything going for her but she would always come in my room and say, do I look fat in this? Do I look fat in this? Yeah, I do. Don't I look fat? And I remember like my mother did that. And then I, I became a girl who would say, do I look fat in this? And then I, I just got so sick of Julia coming in my room saying, do I look fat in this? And I thought that's a really annoying behavior, right? I am also probably very annoying. So I need to stop that. And so I'm good at, um, and st- I, I rarely look at people's behavior and say, yeah, I'm going to be like that. What I look at is I think, Whew, I don't want to be like that person. And so I just make those decisions. Um, it could always be worse. And and maybe that would be the mantra. It could always be worse. But yeah, when when there's an opportunity to complain, when I look at the big picture of things going on in the world or going on in some people's lives, even people, my neighbors going on in their lives is is um breaking a fancy vase a big deal no we've had a couple cars totaled recently i was in a horrific car accident and um nobody was hurt and okay great the car's on its way to the junkyard and we are uninjured so how lucky are we is it inconvenient did it cause a little bit of you know was it a time suck and we lost a little money sure but how lucky we were in a horrific car accident and walked away scot-free. So um, I guess I just I make the choice I practice the behavior and everybody can do it.
1: Yeah. How would you say that this perspective is that you had going through this journey contributed to to your healing or, or your entire well-being now as, we, as we... I,
0: I, I know it did. I know it made um, my life better. Uh, Because again, if you're not focusing on the positive, you could really go down the dark rabbit hole of depression and isolation. And um, yeah, I don't know if any doctor is recommending that to their patients, right? Cancer is difficult. I was violently ill for a very long time. It was like living with with food poisoning every day for 15 months. I was constantly sick. I lost hordes of weight i was skeletally thin um i was bald i had rat it wasn't just bald i had rashes on my head like every iota of my body was uh being damaged my fingernails would rip off my toenails were ripping off everything was going wrong uh i could have just wallowed in it but instead i made choices i wasn't going to be isolated i wasn't going to let cancer take my passions away. So even before I started treatment and I knew what I was in for, I decided that if I, if my kids had two teenagers at the time, a son and a daughter, um, if they had a show, a ceremony, a sport, I was going to be there no matter what. I didn't, I didn't know what I was in for, but cancer wasn't going to get between me and Ginger and Parker. And it didn't. I also chose not to let cancer um, steal my career. I have worked incredibly hard over decades to build this wonderful, extraordinary career that makes me happy, um, pays my bills, pays them well. And I earn my rightful spot on those stages, those coveted stages. A lot of other people would kill to do what I do in the places that I do them. But those are my jobs. I earn them. And those are my events that I adore. And those are my people that I worship. And so I wasn't going to let cancer do it. So uh, it was interesting. My husband would take me to the airport some mornings. And it was usually Friday at 4 a.m. type thing. Even if I had chemo on Monday and things were hitting the fan again, imagine traveling with food poisoning every day. And so he would walk me up to TSA and look at my glossy eyes and my bald head. And he would say, how are you going to do this? And I would say, I just am, I just am. And, uh, you Know we we joke that stubbornness is my greatest asset and my greatest curse. I mean, the great asset is the fact that I had more adventure and travel than most people do, and in 15 months of cancer than most people have in a decade, right? Um, instead of my business just fizzling out and disappearing because I took 15 months off, I went hardcore for 15 months and my business tripled. So I made those choices, but um, I I just wasn't going to let cancer have more. I am not a victim. I'm not a victim in any circumstance. I just simply am not. And I choose what's right for me. Um, my doctors were fully supportive. They knew that me going to live my best life was the best choice for me. They celebrated my um, my accomplishments over the year and a half. And yeah, and again, I'm not a superhero person. There's nothing special about me. I don't have any marvel juices flowing me. There's I'm just I make good decisions and all of your listeners, they have the power to make good decisions too. Can they choose joy? Yes. Can they have a bad day and figure out how to ha- have a good evening? Yes. They can do that. Can they associate with people? Well, I always say associate up. That's some of the best advice I was ever given. Associate with people Better than you, and they'll never drive drag you down. So we make these choices. Um, yeah, I just I made good choices. My passions, my perspective. I chose to be positive. Remember that I could do hard things. Uh, you know, I was terrified. I'm 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 a tough girl on the streets, Fred. I am a total wimp in a doctor's office. I'm really a medical chicken. And so I probably had to have. I don't know, 400 needle pokes mm. and be shoved into tight spaces for MRIs. And uh, surgery was scary and radi- all of it was scary. Um, but I, I coached myself up. I just was in my own head saying, Fitz, you can do hard things. You can do this. You used to be a kickboxer or you used, you've built a big business. You've raised great kids. You can do hard things. And so um, sometimes we rely on all these external forces to lift us up. And and really with cancer, that it's so wonderful to be supportive, supported, but you have to lift yourself up. You have to pull from within. You have to look at your life and look at what you've accomplished and be your greatest cheerleader um, because you're the only one who, who can take those treatments, right? So my husband would walk me into the ring of cancer, right? But it was just me versus chemo. He could never take a drop of that chemo for me. I had to do it. So um uh, that mental game the so my the first book my noisy cancer comeback that's a real focus on the mental fortitude and um thankfully that's gone a long way to help a lot of cancer patients get through it and do a lot better than they would have without that book
1: yeah i love that um very strong juxtaposition where there's this dichotomy of the the stubbornness you know, in the face of what you're going through, but then there's also that uh, vulnerability, you know, you, the challenges in the, in the doctor's office and reliance on, on the support system, right? H- how, do you, how do you balance that? H- how do you know when to switch one on versus versus off, right? Just to yeah. make sure getting uh-huh. that, that balance. I love that though, I think that's a powerful thing.
0: So, you know, the reality is I'm just very human. So um, I would, you know, the doctor or the nurse would bring out the needle and the tears would come. I couldn't stop them. Right. So they, they would come. Sometimes I would wake up in the morning feeling sick and I'd look in the mirror and the tears would just come. Um, and I'd let them come and say, okay, just get it out. And then I'd get on with it, you know, much like the queen, you know, get on with it type thing. So, um, I made those choices, you know, uh, the, the strength paid off when, you know, I would go to these events, right? So I'd travel across the country and everybody knows, even if you're healthy, travel days are hard. You know, they're they're exhausting. And my situation didn't make any of that easier. Um, but I would often get where I was going. I'd get some IV fluids wherever I was. There were some accommodations made by my incredible race directors to help keep me on my feet. Um, but quite often I would sleep on those hotel bathroom floors. Uh, just to stop the earth from spinning. Right. So and I don't know why we all choose to sleep on the on the bathroom floor, but that was the place for me. And uh, my alarm would go off at four thirty five o'clock in the morning for an early race start. And I would drag myself up and get myself dressed and I would make it over to my stage. And um, this is when the magic happens. This is why my decision to get up and travel across the country and go do the work that I wanted to do paid off because the second I would get on those stages every single thing that was wrong with me disappeared and it wasn't that those things weren't real but I was laser focused on the people in front of me these events um adrenaline certainly played a role and so as long as I had an athlete out on that course or as long as I was on a stage speaking to an audience there was nothing wrong with me I got to be full force Fitz Kohler as long as I was doing this thing that I love to do now as soon as like everyone finished or I was done speaking (laughs) things would start shutting down, but it was magical to be in the midst of hell and get to feel extraordinary for chunks of time. And, um, you know, if I had stayed home, all I would have been was sick. That's it. I just would have been sick and I would have been sad. Instead, I got to feel good and I got to have joy and, um, and I, and, and that should work for everybody. I think that formula will work for anybody if you if you um paint pictures that should take you out of the funk if you take care of animals they should bring you out of the funk you know it's um there's various levels of things that we can do for ourselves but pursuing your passions you know i think it's really uh dangerous the new mentality since 2020 where people are ducking and hiding and isolating and nobody can have germs get down i don't think that's beneficial to us and i think when when you allow yourself to be isolated all those demons creep in and i don't know i just i think i was healthier because of my exposure to humans
1: you talked about that that focus right focusing on the things that bring you joy somehow makes those challenges that you're going to disappear not disappear forever but they're at uh, that moment you're you're in your best state of mind right because you're focusing and i I wonder how, and I'm glad you mentioned that this is something that can be applicable to to just about anything, right? Focusing the mind on the right things—the things that bring you joy—versus the things that tends to sap your your energy—and and I want us to unpack that a little because it's a powerful lesson for me, even just to 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 focus or the the. the the importance of focusing our minds on thinking that the spiritual law that says whatsoever things are pure, right? Noble, worthy, think on these things. Right. So I, I, I think this is a, a universal principle really fits. If you ask me, right. Focusing on the things that really matter.
0: Yeah. And, and the things that we can control, I know within AA, so I've not done that, but I have good friends who do, and their philosophy matches mine. They have the serenity pair prayer, which is basically um controlling the things you can getting past the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference and so you know this week alone i've had i was in england a few days ago and a pickpocket stole my phone and then apple blew it i've got the warranty the theft protection they're like sorry we're not going to help you in another country and you know, there was there was a variety of things that really just went wrong this week and what can i do just sit around everybody needs to know i lost my phone blah 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 yeah. No, you know, what I did, I went out, I um, went to the park with my dogs, you know, and so I address the things I can when I can, you know, I I, I file the reports and the warranty claims. And then, you know, I, I I move on to things that make me happy. It just doesn't make sense to bask and, and wallow and stuff you can't control. Yeah. Right? What good does that do?
1: How important to fits is that support system having a support system because it yes we 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 want to be able to stand opposition position in the face and, and and be brave and be tough but yet we there's an important aspect of having uh, I, I call it being careful who you let into your, your inner circle right the folks yeah. that you rely on you can depend on yeah. the right people i might add right who would you know add to not, not sap your energy right how, mm-hmm. how important is having that uh, support system around you when you're when you're going through something like that.
0: Well, it's so important, you know, this for the for the physical needs. You know, sometimes it was just, I needed rides. Right. I was I was in a chemo fog. I wasn't safe to drive. You know, getting me to care, being with me for care was important. Um, sometimes when I was at home, you know, it was if I didn't have it. If if somebody didn't bring me a drink, I wouldn't have had a drink. And so I really um feel for people that don't have an inner circle or family support. I was very well supported. Um and and interestingly enough, like I am the helpie. I it feels very uncomfortable. I'm I'm a helper, not a helpie. That's where I'm going with that. I'm I'm the one who brings you a dish when you're sick or you had a baby or whatever. I'm the one who comes and does a chore for you and so when it was my turn it felt very uncomfortable for people to uh, help Um, but i had two kids my they were 13 and 15 neither of them drove Uh, my husband worked full-time so we needed to have full we needed them to have rides safe rides to school and their activities um people sent a meal train you know there was food showing up at my house, gift cards to restaurants and things. So all very appreciated. And um what I virtually had to do is just get over myself. I had to get past that uh ego that's like, I don't know, I'm a self-sufficient person. And what I've done is uh I when I accepted the help, what I decided is that I would spend the rest of my days paying it forward. When I was finally done with cancer, I would just you know leap into helping others and uh that's been very important to me so yes we're n- we need help sometimes it's okay it's okay not to be yeah. um the made of steel and i'm certainly not you know again i i'm i can make some great decisions and press on um but there was a lot of times where i just i just needed some help and thankfully there was someone there to give it
1: yeah absolutely so, did this happen before? Wh- wh- where in your journey did you get involved in, you know, being the, you know, race announcer and all that? Were you were you doing this before? before you were doing Wait this? Before. Before? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I had a very successful career when I was diagnosed, and and because of that, I mean, I had really reached a certain tippy top level. I just wasn't going to give it up. Yeah
1: this is the irony of the situation right here. You are doing, you know, what no one would have thought, right. You're, you're out there doing all the fitness stuff. And then here is a curveball that life throws at you. Right. And, And what are you supposed to do? Right.
0: Yeah. And you know what I'm, I'm the exhibit a of, if it can happen to me, it can happen to everybody. And so I hope everybody gets those annual exams of all sorts and then squeeze your stuff. It's your hands. It's your stuff. You know, I can put my hands in my in my bra every day. You can put your hands in your pants, cop a feel, mm-hmm. and uh, be aware. And if something is strange, if it feels weird, uh, looks strange, whatever, you just report it. Bring if your check engine light went on in your car, you'd go see a mechanic right away. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. I love I love that awareness speech, right? Not I call them those those warning signs. Don't don't ignore the warning signs, right? Whatever. Well, whatever those and if are.
0: you're your friendly neighborhood fitness expert uh ends up with cancer well it could happen to you too so i don't want it to happen to you but i just want you to be on top of it always catch it early and um you'll be able to make it go away a lot more easy if you do
1: yeah i want us to um if it's just um kind of transition a little bit into into your book and i know you've you've shared your story but maybe some of the lessons that he capture of course we're not going to you know, top of the tab books, I'm sure, you know, our listeners yeah. may want to go get a copy. But what, what lessons, if any, do you capture that that you feel or, you know, you may want to share with her with our listeners?
0: So so if I may, so this one, my noisy cancer comeback, this is mental fortitude. And then you'll go through the wild ride of traveling around the USA, bald and gray with cancer and all the wacky stuff that went on. Because believe it or not, cancer can be hilarious. And um, there was a lot of funny, wild and wonderful things that happened to me. My new books coming out are Your Healthy Cancer Comeback, Sick to Strong and the Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal. And uh, the healthy Your Healthy Cancer Comeback, Sick to Strong is a guidebook, a manual. It's the blueprint for anybody who's been diagnosed with cancer or is recently finishing cancer survivors too, um, to get them A, to slow the decline because these treatments, they tend to um, wreak havoc on your body. And can you maintain muscle mass as opposed to letting it all atrophy? Sure, you can. Um, there's a lot of people who exercise comfortably throughout cancer care, whether you've had surgery, radiation, chemo, trans- transplants, etc. Fitness is going to be a very powerful tool for you. Exercise, nutrition, quality sleep, complementary care. Um, so dive in the and. Within the books, it's everything you t- need to know, no matter what situation, what no matter what kind of cancer you have. We'll talk about training before treatment, how to train properly when um, treatment begins and then how to modify things along the way. And so uh, there's a chapter called Everything Exercise and there's hundreds of photos in there. There's basic exercise instructions. So if you can stand up and go at it normally. Great. And then there's a whole series of exercises to do in bed. So if you're stuck in bed, so be it, because sometimes that happens. But can you stretch in bed? Yes. Can you do some strength training in bed? Yes. Is that going to benefit you long term? Absolutely. And then there's a whole series of stretches for the shower. So if you're like me, I was exploding all the time. Oh, my gosh, I was so sick. So I was always getting in the shower and I would I would um, Set aside that time, I'd play some music or I'd play Jerry Seinfeld on YouTube. I think he's so funny. So I would play Jerry Seinfeld interviews to keep me happy. And uh, I would do these stretches against the walls and all sorts of things underneath the warm water. So um, you can do hard things. Uh, Exercise is certainly going to make your life a lot more comfortable and a lot less hard as you go through treatment and try to build your body back to normal.
1: A question that I like to ask um, of my my guests is, is, I mean, this whole thing is a defining moment, right? That defining moment question, there's one thing that defines you, uh, but I, I feel like this, well, this may or may not be it, but what would you say defines you now uh, looking back, you know, through throughout this journey, you know, what you went through, what you do now, and perhaps where you're headed and uh, what, what is it that defines you, Fitz?
0: Um Gosh, I I've been teaching fitness since I was 15. My master's is in exercise and sports sciences. And uh, you know how sometimes people hit a fork in the road and they go, oh, what have I been doing? I need to change course. Um, All of this really just solidified all the decisions I had made previously. I'm still so in love with um, helping people live better and longer. It's my calling. It's I, you know, you could put all those cheesy catchphrases to it, but I'm, I'm even more committed than ever. And I'm very proud of the way I handled my own situation. And I'm really excited about helping other people, not only cancer patients, you know, cause Hey, there's a mass market of cancer patients and I am super excited to help them through, especially with these books, but everybody, you know, sometimes people get down in the dumps over little things. And, you know, if, if my story convinces them to not be the Debbie Downer or the Danny Downer and to look on the bright side and maybe have one better day and then a second better day, then yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where I stand on things.
1: Yeah. And what I love, you know, about your story and several others, um, guests that is, is using what the they went through using the challenge that they went through in life as a a way to 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 help others and and i've often asked the question that or heard that sometimes our our purpose in life um is born out of the hardships and the challenges that we go through through the challenge through that tragedy it's not fun right it's not it's not pleasant at all but through that a lot of people have found their purpose and using that as a way to just be, be more impactful.
0: To what
1: extent would you say you, you agree or disagree with that statement?
0: A hundred percent. You know, I, I mean, golly, if you would have asked me five years ago if I would have anything to do with the world of cancer, I probably would have said, no, why? Um, but when I hit rock bottom, when I was skeletally thin and weak and, you know, everything was wrong with me. I knew exactly how to build my body back. I knew I, I didn't worry that I was going to be stuck that way forever. I thought, okay, well, you you know what to do to get all the way back. However, when I hit rock bottom um, and I was imagining exactly how I would uh, get back to normal and athletic, I instantly had this equal amount of pain for my peers, you know, the my fellow cancer patients and survivors that had hit rock bottom and they were not fitness experts and they did not know how to rebuild their body. And, you know, a mo- more people actually gain weight during cancer care than lose weight. You know, we're, we're so accustomed to seeing people skeletally thin when they're on their deathbed, um, but survivors traditionally gain more weight than they do lose. So, and quite often they don't get rid of that weight, which puts an at added risk for them of heart disease and diabetes and you know just make compounding making their life difficult and so I thought well I have to I ha- I would be derelict um in my duties as a fitness professional not to use my fitness expertise and my cancer street cred to help these people go get it so um yeah is it an obligation it is am I making lemonade sure am I happy to do it you betcha I'm really I'm very excited about this. It's, it feels very meaningful to me.
1: Yeah. I know there, there are several lessons, but if there's one major life lesson that you think you've learned out of this experience, what would that be?
0: Um, major lesson? I mean, I, I think there was the same thing I was saying in my head. I can do hard things. Yeah. So, yeah, I you come out of cancer, I hope. I mean, I have and, and many of my friends have uh, unleashed right? If you're fortunate to survive a harrowing experience like cancer or any other, you know, life-altering obstacle, hopefully you live a little more fearlessly, right? Or yeah, so um, I'm, I want everything. I will say no to very little, very little. I just, I'm, I'm committed to having fun. I'm committed to having, to being happy. I'm committed to Pushing forward, you know, a lot of people fear the word. They fear rejection professionally, so they're unwilling to ask for opportunities. What do I have to fear? So I ask, "Hey, do you need a speaker? Hey, do you need a race announcer? Hey, can I be a guest on your podcast?" And um, those are are things not worthy of fear, right? So um, yeah, cancer. Cancer has made me better. It's dinged me up, and I don't enjoy some of those things, but that's okay. That's okay. Nobody gets out unscathed.
1: But it's opened many other doors, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Process as well.
0: Yeah. Thanks, uh, Gander.
1: I love it. I love it. It's as we wrap up here. I mean, I know you've been speaking, but I I, I wanted you to speak freely to to someone who, you know, may be going through right now and I, you know, I haven't experienced it. You know, thankfully, I I I don't believe it's fun. I know family members who have mm-hmm. and um, so I'm not undermining this at all, but, um, you know, may- maybe someone listening who can relate, maybe they're going through themselves and be caring for someone, you know, close who's going through this or maybe just recovering. I, I wanted you to speak freely, um, just to that person right now, um, as-, as, you feel that too.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I hope much like you say that none of your listeners has, have, are going through cancer, um, but the reality is, we all love somebody going through cancer, and the odds are many of us will face it. I'm hoping not to face it again, right? Um, but control the things you can. You know, it's important for you to take full responsibility of you moving forward. That control will manifest in many ways. Choose your doctors, don't let a, a someone hand you a doctor. Choose the doctors that are right for you. They will recommend treatments. Know that you are in control of saying, yes, I agree with that treatment plan or no, that one's not going to work for me. So, you know, know that you have control. That will give you so much peace. Is it still stressful? Absolutely. Is it okay to cry? Absolutely. It's unrealistic for someone to expect not to be stressed and scared with cancer, but take control of the things you can. And especially your health you do not have to just let it all go to this disease you can fight back you can fight back with your behavior exercise will go a long way there's yeah there's some tricks to exercise strength cardio flexibility balance but you can do those things it's all very simple um i'd like to be a resource for you you know choose food that helps versus food that hurts i don't even need to tell you what they are i'm not going to pander you learn this stuff in kindergarten You know, make your body a hostile environment for cancer, make it mean for cancer. And you can do that with exercise, with quality nutrition, with quality rest. So, uh, yeah, control the things you can. And for everybody out there, you know, take your health seriously today, instantly this moment, don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for someone to look you in the eye and say, I'm so sorry, but you have cancer right? You can prepare your body to do battle today. You can make your body so much more capable than it is and far more resilient by doing the right things now. And so if injury or illness strike, you will be far better prepared to fend it off and recover quickly. Uh, I really am excited for all of you. I'm hoping this conversation between Fred and I has inspired you to do a little better and be a little better. And one day you'll look back and say, Oh, that noisy lady fits. She was right about that one. And I'm so glad I listened to her.
1: Fitzgerald author of My Noisy Kinds to come back. I'm glad that you're doing well, you're doing great, that you defeated this, and I'm glad that you're here to share your 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 lessons, powerful lessons, I might add, uh, with us. I'm truly honored and grateful. Uh, that we got to connect and, and, and doing this, and the really, this is this is why I do what I do. This this is what brings me at most joy. Just knowing that our interactions, our conversations, our experiences are making uh, lives better, hopefully. So, thank you again for coming on and sharing this powerful uh, story with us. And here's to health and wellness, uh, to everything that you do. Feels really, really thankful to you and to you are our listeners you are why we're doing this and i'm I'm hoping that you've gotten something significant something of value out of this this discussion so until we come your way next time with another edition stay well